it ended up being great. As scary as it was, and that's what I really like to kind of spotlight in my blog and teachings is being uncomfortable is okay. It's mm -hmm. the scary unknown, but by pushing us to that, there is so much potential on the other side. You're listening to Small Minded, the podcast that believes being small is a good thing because small steps lead to big impact, small towns have a big heart, and small businesses play a big role in our modern way of life. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and here at Small Minded, we share stories and strategies to help small towns and small businesses flourish. Here's to a life well-lived, being small-minded. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Small Minded Podcast. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and I am so excited to share today's interview with you. My friend Dawn is a rural Iowa woman who is just doing all the things. She is a wife. She is a mom. They have a farm. She has a full-time job, but then she's also got a side business that is flourishing, and she's helping women declutter, de-stress, and really just live into the passions in their life. So on her website, you can find that she says she's the chaos coordinator for women who are inundated with the stressors related to mind, body, and home. They are looking to build confidence and develop an action plan to take control of their lives. And in today's episode, I think you can hear the conviction and the passion that Dawn has for helping women. And I don't think I can delay any longer. I'm so excited for you to listen to this and get some of those quick actionable tips that Dawn has, as well as just the array of life experience and advice that she brings to the table. So without further ado, here is today's interview with my friend, Dawn Kress. Welcome to all of our listeners of the Small Minded Podcast. Today, I am so happy to welcome you here and introduce you to my friend, Dawn Kress. She is here to chat with us today about her business, Dawn Marie Co., and her mission to help busy, stressed out moms declutter, organize, and just feel a little more balanced in their everyday life. She is the blogger at Mental Edits, and she's just all around a wonderful person who's a joy to follow on social media, and I'm so glad I had the chance to get to know her but welcome, Dawn. Thank you so much, Molly. I appreciate you interviewing me for your podcast. Oh, I'm so glad to have you. And we've chatted about this for a couple months now, like getting you on the podcast. And it finally, <laughs> with the stars aligned, our schedules worked, and here we are. So this will be great for all of our listeners here. All right. So Dawn, why don't you start off telling us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and what lights you up in life? Yes, absolutely. Um, as also a mom of multiples, I have one less than you. I have three, uh, but all girls. So I'm a busy mom and also a farm wife. So we can both appreciate that chaotic um, side of our lives, but yet appreciate it so much too, being in like the rural communities. So mm -hmm. I love that part of my life. I also work full-time um, corporate and I love the company that I'm with it's ag based as well. So it's kind of everything I'm surrounded by is agriculture. 
So maybe that's why this kind of came about. Um, I had never really planned on being a blogger or um, an online educator. And so it's kind of funny how sometimes the stars just align. So yeah, mm -hmm. it started out as a blog and now it's grown. So yep, that's what keeps me busy and lights me up. Honestly, I think it's something that women experience maybe like after they've had kids and then all of a sudden they want that fulfillment of maybe a little bit something more. Um, not like being a mom isn't plenty busy enough and being a wife. So yeah, just helping build confidence in other women just totally fulfills me. So yeah, that's how it all kind of started and what I'm all about. Oh, I love hearing that. And I love hearing the passion that you have for helping women. And like you said, I mean, we're all so busy, especially those of us who are in small towns, but there's just that desire for most of us to go do something more and have that extension of ourselves that just really fills us up and lights us up. So I'm so glad that you are helping women find that in themselves and kind of guide them through that process. Yes, thank you. Yeah, it's kind of funny how it all started too with, and as you are an amazing advocate and advocate, I would say, um, <laughs> for small towns and communities, it's it's great. But I um, was never that like go-getter. Like I always wanted to be a part of something. So it was, you know, I was raised in the community that I'm in and then went to college and came back to that same community because obviously the farm doesn't move. So um, when I got married, I moved back and my mentor actually um, which never, I never like officially thought of her as a mentor. She was the president of our local CNC club. And I, you know, even in high school, college, I always like to be a part of something, but I was never the leader. I never wanted to be the, the focal point or, you know, giving the direction. I just wanted to be the mm -hmm. helper, things like that. Um, even though I didn't have kids at the time and our community club is very family oriented with local family events that they would put on in the summer. I was like, oh. I don't know. It just seems I'll take a leap of faith because my mentor was one that she was a busy mom. She was involved in the community and I was just so inspired by her. And so I'm like, you know what, this, this would be a nice fulfilling thing to do on the side, separated from work and from the farm, but yet get to know more other people in our community, even though our, our community is very tiny. So even smaller than Cascade. And so it kind of grew from there, which was kind of fun that I was a part of that group for so long. And then somehow you just kind of graduate and you have to be the, uh, the president of the club eventually because it just <laughs> kind of rolls in cycles. And as you've mentioned in other episodes too, of sometimes it's hard to get new blood in there or you know to get people to see that it's not as overwhelming as you think it is just to volunteer. You know, like mm -hmm. it's not gonna, it might push you out of your comfort zone a little bit, which is a good thing but it doesn't have to be as painful as maybe what some people think or as big of a time commitment. You can make it whatever you want it to be. Yeah, that was kind of the starting part of it with my community. It really kind of built me up. So then from being part of the community and being active in the volunteer aspect of the community, what was the transition where you were like, okay, I'm going to start this blog and then moving into developing a business that helps women? Can you kind of walk us through that journey too? Absolutely. So um, it's ironic that after I had a small cancer scare is really what like woke that up to me inside. Like it was just 
something that I was ne- like I mentioned before, I was not that confident, like want to be the leader kind of thing. So I think having that health scare woke that up in me that was like, hey, confidence isn't just going to happen someday if I don't make it happen. That's kind of how that kind of grew inside of me. And I did some kind of self-development things through my corporation. We're very blessed that we have a lot of opportunities for conferences and such. And so I just kept getting like motivated from those people and was um, exposed to like Mel Robbins and really kind of clung on to her as a motivator and really loved what she said. And so it kind of just like kept building and building. And then after, um, I think my cancer treatment and everything had gone fine. It was a few months after that I was at a school board committee of sorts, and they were looking to do a school bond to get that passed. So then they could enhance our district because it was, if we weren't going to get bigger or provide the facilities, we weren't going to attract the right people. Our businesses in town wouldn't thrive. You know, it all coincides as small as our community is. If you don't have that school, which is the largest employer in our small town. And at the time we had two kids and I thought, oh my gosh, my husband and I both graduated from this school and our kids go here. You know, there's just so much pride there and you want to help any way you can. And nobody was volunteering to want to like take this on. And my mentor actually was at the meeting and sitting at a different table. And she's looking at me like, you have enough on your plate. Do not raise your hand. Like, do not do this. (laughs) And somebody kind of called me out, was like, well, what about her? She's young. She's motivated, whatever. And I was like, kind of caught off guard. And then that like scared, sick feeling in your stomach kind of happens. Mm-hmm. And I said, fine, I'll do it. And I just was like, I didn't even know the words fell out of my mouth. And my mentor was looking at me like, why did you just do that? I was trying to help you out and giving you a door on the side to like exit stage left. <laughs> and it ended up being great, as scary as it was. And that's what I really like to kind of spotlight in my blog and teachings is being uncomfortable is okay. It's mm-hmm. the scary unknown, but by pushing us to that, there is so much potential on the other side. Similar to my cancer thing, it's like an awakening in your body when you do that. And so now I almost feel like a thrill seeker to finding those uncomfortable (laughs) moments that pushes me almost to the edge, um, but it's fulfilling. So yeah, it was great. And like I said, I was probably not the most qualified person to be um, the chair and co-chair of our bonds. We had to do two different school bonds because the first one was kind of rushed and it was just to get awareness out there. And then the second one, we all kind of stuck together and, and knew to do it, but I developed so many great relationships from it. And then it was a great way to showcase different people in the community's skills. So mm-hmm. one of my best friends now, which she's much to my senior, um, but it was a great relationship to bond, but she was excellent at writing grants and staying organized with like local government and things like that. So we could get the vote put together. And so, yeah, it was just really cool to meet so many people that I wouldn't have necessarily gotten to know without this school bond. So it's just really neat how to boost those things. And I think that's kind of just like, it woke that up in me. And then after that was over, I was just so used to being so busy with running a school bond, raising two kids, having a full-time job that once that school bond passed, I was like, well, now what? now what am I going to do? So this kind of just fell into place. And I ended up helping a friend. She was going through a kind of a transition and she was kind of asking my advice. And 
a number of people would be like, well, how do you do all that? Like, how do you have time to do all that? And I just never really thought about it because that's just me. I like to be busy. Mm -hmm. I like to be engaged. And so I just didn't think much of it. I thought everybody was kind of like that. You know, I just wasn't very vocal and confident about it. But then for people to notice that, I was like, oh, well, maybe I do have something here. And that's kind of how my blog began, was just helping out a friend, sharing the knowledge that I had picked up and then more people that I'd be encounter with. So even like at my daughter's dance, we'd be waiting in the waiting room with other moms and get to talking about it. And they're like, well, I want to see this blog because my blog literally originated out of a Google account. So it didn't have a nice website. It didn't have a lead page at first. It was literally just me emailing a friend. And some more and more were like, yeah, it was just so funny. Like I never thought anything of it. So then I had to learn all of those skills. Thank God for YouTube and Google. But Mm -hmm. yeah, so it was just funny that more people were just like, well, I want to know about those things or how do I get that email? So yeah. I always think that's a sign that you're on to something too. Like, There have been numerous times when over on like my Molly Knuth media pages, like I'll be talking about something and I'm maybe doing a live video. And I think I'm talking to people that are like large business owners or small business owners, but in like other places. Right. And then somebody at the grocery store will be like, because there was a period of time where I wasn't doing those lives because of personal things. And then people were like, well, when are you going to start those videos again? I really liked hearing your information. Or they'd be like, you know, every time your kids crash those videos, I just think it's so funny. And I'm like, I had no idea that you were even paying attention, but I guess that's a good signal that what I'm doing is like getting eyeballs on it, I guess. Right. Absolutely. It's funny you say that. Cause even I've had family and friends say that once I stopped, um, cause I like to, you know, kind of going back, it's all about mental clarity, health clarity, and then clearing the clutter in our home. So we do have time for it. And so Mm -hmm. that's what I'm trying to kind of teach people that it's like, if you have less stuff, you have less, you don't have to clean as much and pick up. So, um, for about there, I was really trying to just promote like simple, healthy eating. So I would do lives like every Tuesday night and it would be like, I would be busting at home to go get the girls. And then I would bust it home and I had everything set up before I left that day, but I would be cooking while I was doing an IG live story and Facebook. So I would have like my Mm -hmm. tripod up with my phone and then my laptop. And I was like, if people could only see this side, if I had yet another screen to show them, (laughs) to show the back end (laughs) and all of them, right. Make it look so much simpler. So I'm like trying not to burn stuff or boil the water over. And then I would have a kid come like totally crashed the live. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, how pathetic does this look? This is terrible. But I did it for probably six to 10 weeks. And then I stopped just because we were so busy with activities after work. And I felt like I was starting to run out of different meal ideas to share. But once I stopped, yeah, that's when the people started asking, hey, where are those lives at? Like, I really miss seeing you cook. And you know, you had some really good tips out there. And it's like, you did? Like, you really thought that? So It's just funny how we can talk ourselves down just when we're not getting that public recognition, I guess you could say, like, or the engagement on the lives when they're not chiming in or anything. It's just crickets. And so you're thinking, is this helping anybody? So yeah, it definitely, it's funny once we stop, then that's when those comments come out. Mm -hmm. But yeah, definitely, like you said, it just indicates that there's people paying attention and like for any business owners out there that are trying these things and they feel like, oh, I'm just not getting the recognition or the engagement that I want. Like 
maybe just take a pause, kind of like you said, and just take a step back and then see what happens and reassess. Yes, absolutely. Oh, so exciting. Um, So we're going to talk a little bit more about what your business does and how it can help women. But I want to kind of segue and transition a little bit and we'll come back to that. So when you were kind of introducing yourself and talking about your town, I mean, it was clear the passion that came through that you have for your small town and volunteering and being involved and active. But is there anything else that you just think, yep, this is why I love living here. This is why I can never picture myself living anywhere else. I just love small towns for this reason. Absolutely. And thank you so much for noticing that because it's one of those things that people from big towns, they don't always get that. They're more like, you like living there. You have to drive like 30 minutes to get to a target. And it's like, yeah, I don't mind that. Because especially those days that I don't have my kids with me in the car, you have peace and quiet all to yourself, can catch up on some podcasts or some tunes and stuff. Yeah, it's kind of funny, but um, yeah, growing up in a small town and then moving back to the same one. I don't know. There's just some sense of security and not to sound cliche, but sense of community. Like those that knew me when I was growing up are now seeing my kids. And um, it's just so neat to feel that, especially in the world that we're in right now, it's so crazy. And with all the things that went on with riots and everything, like I feel safe. Like I feel good having my girls grow up in that kind of area because then they can become their own. You know, they're not overshadowed with, a class of a hundred, like literally, I think my kids have like anywhere one has like 30 people in their class. And then the other one might be like 45 to 50, but it's just that nice sense of community. Like if my kids were doing something they weren't supposed to, and yet my oldest is only nine. So it's not like she's running the streets or anything and we live <laughs> out in the country, but I just know that somebody would be like, Hey, I think that, you know, that was Dawn's daughter. I better give her a call or something. It's just And then that friendly wave to everybody, like always living out on the gravel, you know, even though you don't talk to your neighbors all the time, you know, they're there that, you know, that they're like watching over your house. If anything would happen, you know, you feel good without having like all sets of security cameras and things like that. But just that friendly wave, if you're in a funk or a bad mood and they wave at you, it just kind of like pulls you out of it and yeah, just that sense of community is awesome where I don't feel like you always get that in a big town. And I hope people do in big towns, like in their neighborhoods or wherever that is. But yeah, that's what makes it special for me. So. Oh, I love those answers. And tell me if this is true of where you're at, but I know like, I don't have this gift, but my husband does. And there's a lot of people that do, but there can be like four white Chevy Silverados that drive by and like, He knows exactly which one belongs to whom. And I'm like, how do you even know? And he's like, well, the running boards are different or their lights are different. And I'm like, I have no idea, but he's like, it just kind of is a testament to small town way of life. And like, just knowing your neighbors. Absolutely. That is so my husband. He's like, well, yeah, so-and-so has different tires than that. And I'm like, I just knew the make and the model and the color. And I thought that was good. And then, you know, yeah, like you said, four people have the same one. How do you know? But yep, it's definitely that. So funny. And then somebody gets a new car and then they just throw me for a loop. And I don't know who it is for at least two years. So that's if right. anybody They're waving at and you. I haven't waved. <laughs> you feel bad that you're snubbing them, but you're just like, I really didn't know it was you. Yes, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So small towns, I think everything you've talked about so far is just so important. And it's so, so much a part of the people who are listening. It's like, we live in these small towns by choice. 
because we identify the values that are here and the advantages that it gives us in future generations. And it's just that way of life that you, I mean, you can't buy it. It's just something that's ingrained in a community. And I know that people who are listening, they identify with those same things and they are the kind of people who are raising families, growing businesses, supporting small businesses, volunteering at all the community events and committees. So I thank you so much for sharing all of that because I think it just is going to hit the nail on the head for all of our listeners. So when we're thinking about like when you're in your small town and you were talking to your friends and they were looking for your advice and you started sending out that email, was there a time that you were like, oh man, a small town, we know how supportive it is, but we also know that there's a lot of chitter chatter that goes on behind the scenes. Was there ever a time when you were like, shoot, am I ready to take this to the next level in a small town? Or were you always like, yes, I'm gung-ho, I'm going to do this? Absolutely. Um, Definitely a fear of the, you know, thinking, and I'm sure maybe somebody did say that, maybe they didn't, but in my mind, they're thinking, well, what right does she have to do that? What credibility gives her to do that? And honestly, it was finally just like, okay, I know now hearing that from a few friends, there's people out there that need that. And maybe it's beyond my community. So it's not that I want to exclude who I had here, but if they weren't for it, that's okay. I'm not for them. I'm not for everybody, but there are other people out there that I'm meant for. So I think I just kept looking at it that way of trying to find those people that did need my services. And that's why I'm there. And that's where I'm trying to be bold enough to put myself out there to find them and they can find me. But yes, that was definitely a concern for the longest time. And I will um, not even sugarcoat that I kind of hid under my shell for a while. And I felt nice to just be able to have it subscription-based. So only people that were signed up on my, at the time, MailChimp, once I finally figured that out, um, once it grew to over five, then I'm like, okay, I should probably start figuring out a more sophisticated way in an email server. So (laughs) um, I had kind of grown into that. And so, yes, the only people that could see my blog posts were ones that were subscribed. And then I slowly grew once I was like, okay, I need to figure out how to reach more people. Obviously, social media is a best way to get that word out. And so then I created a separate like Facebook page. And then I was like, okay, do I be brave enough that it's public so people can find me? But really Instagram was the one that I started with the most just because I feel like it's a more positive, lighter weight platform where there's not as much noise like Facebook has its point and there's so many benefits to it but I was getting overwhelmed and like all the noise just drowned you know it was just stressing me out so I'm like you know I'm just gonna switch over and I had a personal Instagram profile and it was private and so I'm like you know I'm just gonna start from here I'm gonna flip the switch and make it public and I'll just start growing it's just me but I'll be a personal brand and just kind of grow at it that way. And, and I really think investing in myself with different courses, like I've taken a course from you to learn different skills and other entrepreneurs out there really boost that confidence to be like, okay, I can figure this out. Here's the skills that I need. And if I really want to get to it, I need to invest in myself to learn how to do these things. So I think that really gave me my backbone to be confident out there and to, you know, stop thinking and worrying about people wondering what right do I have pursuing this? 
I think you just spoke to so many important things for small business owners or people who are aspiring to be a small business owner. First of all, everybody's got fear and everybody's got like real apprehension and nerves about going and putting themselves out there in this way that feels very vulnerable. (laughs) And like you're, everybody's seeing it. Everybody's got to be talking about it. But like you said, some people were, maybe some people weren't, maybe some people were, but you just kind of like kept your focus on who you were meant to serve. Right. And that's what kept you going. Absolutely. Yep. And I have a friend right now that's kind of teetering with that. Um, I will actually call her out that she is my copywriter and she has mad skills with that. And I think she could blossom into so many other things, but she has that fear too, being in a small town. And it's just so funny thinking like, I never thought I was going to get out of that fear mode. And now to see, you know, it's been two years later and I don't even really think about it anymore because really when we boil it down, everybody, and this is what I love to teach people too. And like my one-on-one coaching that I offer too is everybody is so worried about themselves. They don't care about you. Like, I know that sounds cold, you know, when you're doing something good, it's great, you know, to acknowledge that. But a lot of times people are so worried about what they're doing or what people are thinking of them that they don't really care. So it's like, you know, you live your life and you do what you need to do and get out there because Like I said before, it's just such a refreshing feeling when you feel like you've crossed over to that other side and grown that confidence to be able to share your gifts and your services. Because yeah, if you stay small, then that's all you're ever really going to feel, I feel like. And you're just missing out on all that rewarding feelings, all the feels once you cross over to that side and and gain that confidence. I so identify with that. Yeah, there was a time and I don't even know when the exact shift was, but when you're starting something, it can feel scary. Every single post, every single blog, every single email, every single video feels scary. But at some point, I think it's just like a gradual thing and you don't even really recognize it until you look back and you're like, oh, I haven't been scared of doing this in a while. And I didn't really think about who was paying attention. I just have been doing it and pushing ahead. And I think that's a really great lesson for a lot of people who will be listening today. The other thing from your answer I wanted to draw upon was the fact that you are always looking to grow personally and grow in your skills and in your professional training. And I think that's a very admirable quality to always be pursuing the next step. And it's not always going to happen linearly or it's not always going to happen maybe at the rate that we want it to. But if we just keep sticking it out and committing to growth, it's going to yield great results down the road. I know you've spoken about like Mel Robbins has been someone in the past that you have learned from. Who are some of the other figures or places that you go to grow personally, professionally, or anything like that? Who would you recommend? Yes, um, I am now trying to think. I started following... Rachel Hollis a number of years ago. And I think I saw in one of her posts that she was friends with Amy Porterfield, which is a online influencer as well, does a lot of online courses and then Jenna Kutcher. So she started out as a photographer, or actually she had corporate world and then went to a photographer and then kind of the same thing or people were asking her, how are you having so much success? And that developed her into being an online educator she is one that I totally jive with everything that she's done just because she has that like, no trust factor. And she comes from a small town or lives in a small town and she's making 
six, seven figures easily. And so it's just so inspiring to see that you don't have to live in a huge town to have success. You don't have to have it look like what everybody else thinks success looks like by a title in a corporate status. So as much as I love my job, like there's just other fulfilling aspects of my life. And so that's where I fill this void, it feels like. So yes, I've taken a lot of different courses through her. I love her podcast. So any other influencer that influencer is kind of a loose word, I know, but um, entrepreneur, I guess would be a better way to say it. You can get a lot of knowledge from what she offers. She gives a lot of good things for free. And you can learn mm-hmm. so much just from her free podcast. And I love that. So, yep, I would direct people towards towards her for sure. Awesome. Okay, so now let's speak about what you do on a more specific level. I said we'd bring it all back around. And so let's do that. <laughs> so let's talk about, you've talked about how you have a blog, how you do teaching, and how you have one-on-one training. So can you dig into a little bit more about the specifics of what you do and the different ways you have built your business to serve women. Yes. Like I said, I started with a blog. So I just wanted to be service-based and just provide that education to other people um, a lot on how I learned it too with, you know, not everybody gets those experiences to go to conferences. Like I know you and I both got to go to the Rise Conference and, you know, not everybody always gets those or, or too afraid to go, you know, maybe afraid of the change or something like that. But I wanted to be able to speak with it and how it had helped me and kind of regurgitate that same information in hopes that it would help somebody else through the blog. So um, I really like to identify like mental declutter. So everything that I kind of touch on is about declutter and I'm not a minimalist. And as I'm sitting in my daughter's room, you can see that she's not either. (laughs) There's plenty of stuff here. But it's just trying to get rid of that clutter that's in the way that stops us. So with our mind, especially like we've touched on already, we can talk ourselves out of it, especially if we don't have our underlying why really nailed down, then it's easy to veer off course and maybe believe the lies that we're telling ourselves or that we're not good enough, or we don't have credibility to go after those goals or dreams. And then I speak a lot about on health and just how simple healthy eating can be and nutritional facts, food facts. I like to bust those myths on the diet lies and, you know, being trapped around like the fat and calories on nutritional labels. So I like to share a lot of those things, but right now what I have going on is an online class called the body declutter, which I thought was perfect right before the holidays where we all want to feel and look our best, even if we don't get to get together with family because of the pandemic, but it's always a stress, especially in females of, Ooh, the weight gain. Cause I think all of us can attest that the men in our lives, they think they want to lose five pounds and then they just think about it and they lose 10. Well, it's not always, (laughs) yeah, it just happens for them. And then they can go back to eating garbage and crap and they still you know, lose the weight and look great. So I really like to talk about that. And so right now I have a four week course going on that I'm teaching right now. And I'm also opening it back up in January because I figured a lot of people would be interested in that as like a new year's resolution, kind of start 2021, hopefully better than 2020 has been. And weight always seems to be an issue for us women. So um, yeah, we really kind of tackle those myth busters on why diets really don't work, getting your mindset right around your goals 
and how they can be attainable. Cause a lot of us will be like, Oh, this, this is the next thing I'm going to invest in this. And this is just going to be my cure all. Well, it only works if you put in the effort and most diets don't work just because they're built to be short term. So I really like to teach my students in my course about food education and then they can be the role models to their children or their family. Because most times when we go on a different path, we think, okay, we have to eat one way and then I'm going to have to make a whole nother meal for my family. Well, it doesn't yeah. have to be that complicated <laughs> because we're busy. We don't have time for that, right? So through meal planning, I just make everything simple as possible. So as much as decluttering is important in my messages, being simple about it is right in line with that. Because if it's not simple and easy for us to attain, we won't stick with it and it won't work. Right. And that's a big one. And also I talk about decluttering. So around this time of the year, right before the holidays, it's kind of nice to go through your kids' toys and kind of just get rid of the excess before the next truckload comes in from the holidays <laughs> with, you know, grandparents spoiling them. And this year, I'm afraid it might be even worse since a lot of them haven't got to have that quality time with them. But mm -hmm. honestly, if you have less stuff around, then you feel less stressed to clean it all up and to pick it up. You have more time to work on you. So kind of, I feel like all three of those things tie into each other so well. So if you don't have the right mindset and you don't have the right attitude about your nutrition, and then you're so overwhelmed with your home life, you can't be well with yourself and live that fulfilled life that you're really looking after. So I really like to bring that to my audience and students. So it's, it's been really fun and rewarding, especially as we're, we're going through this um, body declutter course right now, we're about halfway through and it's just been awesome to get the messages and the transformations of they're getting it. It's clicking inside their head of, okay, healthy eating doesn't have to be this hard. It can be very simple. And I teach a lot of simple swaps and things like that too, of, you know, it doesn't have to be so restrictive and limiting on certain foods that you have to eat, or you don't have to feel like you're a rabbit only eating salads. There's <laughs> other things that you can kind of swap out and, and still enjoy food because food is supposed to be, you know, meant to bring us all together and bring joy. It shouldn't bring guilt and stress with it. So especially as you and I are chatting this week at the time of the recording, we are in Thanksgiving week. And so a lot of times food is about more like families getting together and gathering and love and expressing our care for one another. So it's hard when you are trying to be restrictive with your diet, right? And try to mm -hmm. meld the fact that like you're trying to lose weight, but you also see like turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes as like an extension of family at this time of year. I'm really excited about what you're sharing with your students and showing them that it can be simple and it can be easy and you can still enjoy food. That's awesome. Yes, absolutely. And in this four-week course, it's pretty fun because then I'm teaching it live. So it's a little bit different than the self-led online courses, um, which I love both, but sometimes we need that accountability in order to finish it rather than kind of like you bought the workout, let's say equipment, but unless you actually do it, it's not going to do anything for you. So that's what's fun about this course and um, just teaching it live every week. And then they have small bits. It's not homework per se, it's real life. So the things that I'm teaching them, they can apply in their daily lives instead of feeling like, oh gosh, how am I gonna have the time to do this course when it's just built in and they're already 
trying to implement it in their life to make it work. So it's really a lifestyle change. But yeah, you speaking on uh, Thanksgiving, it was kind of funny. One of the students this um, yesterday, as we do it once a week on the calls, and um, she's like, is anybody else kind of thinking they're just throwing the towel in on this week? And because it's Thanksgiving and family and stuff are, are, are around earlier. And I'm just like, this is the perfect time to try this because one, I made it very clear. Do not feel guilt around Thanksgiving dinner or lunch. Whenever you're having it, eat everything. Do not feel guilty about it. Eat all the stuffing, eat the mashed potatoes with the gravy. Like I always make sure to have at least two desserts. Like if you have to eat half of the pie so you can have a little bit of something else and make you feel better, that is perfectly fine. Do not have guilt about it. This is like the best holiday for food, right? But the thing is, and this is the big tip I gave my students and I want to give your listeners is anytime you have one of those splurge meals, you don't have to throw in the towel and wait again until Monday you can just make a better choice for the next meal. So that yes. part is huge change for some people that it's like, you didn't just throw the towel in on the whole day or the whole week. It was just that meal, acknowledge it, embrace it, enjoy it, and then be smart on your choices for your next meal. Oh, I love that. That was actually leading into my next question. I was going to ask about some quick tips that people listening today can implement. And so I love that you said, just enjoy and just like experience that and then get right back on track. If, for example, if it is weight loss that you're focused on, um, do you have any other quick tips as far as the other services you offer, as far as mental decluttering, household decluttering, or, I mean, do you have other swaps or something? What are a couple of quick tips that you could give listeners today about what you specialize in? Yeah. Um, to kind of stay on the food topic, I guess, um, is and it's my huge pet peeve and I could co totally go on a whole riff on an hour on this one. So I'll keep it short and sweet. But when you're grocery shopping, I know everybody's probably heard stick to the outside perimeter of the grocery store because that's where your fresh food is. That's where your meat, your dairy, things like that are in the fresh produce. And then if you can choose frozen over canned items, that's my first tip. When you do feel like you have to buy something packaged or processed, like we're all human, right? And we live in the times that we do, you need convenience, flip it over. And instead of reading the nutritional facts of like fat calories, any of that garbage, that is not always the most accurate because of just how our food system is mandated. Those aren't always true facts, which is kind of an oxymoron, right? It says nutritional facts, but it's not always the whole story. So please read what the ingredients are and your first five ingredients are what the majority of that product is made up of. So if you can pronounce it and you know what they are, then put it in your cart. If not, it probably needs to stay on the shelf. And the longer the ingredient list is probably a sign that it doesn't need to go in your cart. So fewer ingredients, the better. And that is also why I recommend anything frozen over canned, just because then it's more preserved of like, say frozen vegetables, for instance, most times the ingredients will just say the vegetable that it is not a bunch mm -hmm. of salt or any other added item in it. So yeah, hopefully that helps people as they're grocery shopping and can implement that every week when they shop. Oh, I love that. And it just kind of goes to show like how it fits into your simplified take on it. Just look at the first five ingredients. If you know them and pronounce them, fantastic. If you can't leave it, I love that simple advice, but it can be so helpful to somebody looking for guidance as they're grocery shopping. 
Perfect. Absolutely. Um, so I know that 2020 has been challenging for a lot of people on a lot of levels, but why do you see this as a year that is really a, like, maybe if we could shift perspective and see it as like a gift for people who are looking to declutter mentally or physically around them or with their diet, why is this a good opportunity for somebody to pursue growth? Yeah, I think, you know, as much pain as 2020 has caused, and yes, it looks a lot different. We're um, not getting that social interaction as much, but I think it really proves point that we needed to slow down. And this is hopefully the only time in our lifetime we will ever get a world reset of, okay, really look at your calendar and do you need to be having all these things on there? Is it filling you up? So if it isn't a hell yes, then it's probably a no. And we just needed to get stronger about saying those no's. So then mentally we are only giving ourselves out as much as we have bandwidth for. I think that's a huge key on it to see like the importance of that. Um, when it comes to health too, it's really nice how many people in, I have a lot of friends that do own like gyms and such. And so it breaks my heart that their enrollment has gone down, but it shows that there's really no excuse not to move your body. Cause one, I know a lot of people this spring were enjoying their outdoors of their own properties, even just walking around there. You don't have to have any fancy gym membership. You don't have to have all the equipment, but there are so many options. And I know you're a part of a great um, sisterhood community of workout and wellness. You know, there's so many online options, apps anymore for little to no cost that really can make a world of a difference. So that part is huge. I feel like you can still move your body and it's more important now than ever. I feel like to do that because then when you get like, I'm a runner, um, not naturally, I used to absolutely hate it. Um, but then once I had kids, I was like, okay, I need that outlet. I need that release. It just gets those good endorphins going on. And when you can crank out 20 to 30 minutes, even just that amount of time, it just boosts that and those endorphins in your brain to let you be happier. It releases that stress that we're bottling up of everything else that's going on in the world. So it's okay to have self-care and do those things for sure. Oh my gosh. I can totally like hundred percent. I am not somebody who is naturally like, woohoo, let's go work out. Or like, I still can't wrap my brain around enjoying running, but I know that there's, I mean, like, Definitely. Some days I have to pull myself down to my like downstairs gym. I use air quotes around that, but by the time I'm done, you just feel so much better. And like a weight has lifted off your shoulders. And like on those days, if I miss my morning workout for whatever reason, I can totally see how my mood is much different on those days where I'm not moving my body than on those days where I did make it a priority. And I know like I'm, my goal right now is like, not to turn this all to me, but like, <laughs> I, I push hard, but now I'm trying to be like, okay, how can I be like more gentle and still like, still be getting the benefits and things like that of moving my body, but not be like, so pressuring on myself. That was like my way of like mental decluttering too this year. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Cause like you said, there's no one right way to work out. So it's like, whatever works best for you. And then you're more apt to stick to it too, because your mind enjoys it. Your body isn't like screaming at you. Like, why did you just put me through this torture? But yes. And you definitely nailed it. I was definitely shaking my head a lot when you said, if you miss a workout, like when I do that too, and it's like so hard sometimes to get yourself out of those covers, especially now when it's a little colder and you're so cozy, 
But when you just really channel that why so much that it almost like gets you in the stomach that it's like, okay, you have to get up because you want this. So if you want those results, you know, the activities that you have to do. And then you start to fall in love with that process too, because you know, you, you get addicted to that great feeling that it gives you by having that done. And then it just sets your day up to be so much more productive too. Oh yes. All the things. Okay. Well, we're getting short on time. This has been such a fun conversation, but can you, we're going to have the speed round in just a second, but before we get into that, can you let our listeners know where they can find you online and then just give them a reminder of some of the programming you have coming up in late December and early 2021. Absolutely. So I am on Instagram. That's kind of my favorite place to hang out. And I'm at dawnmarie.co. So just CO, not the M. I know it gets confusing, but I'm just at co. And then that's also my um, website URL too, is just dawnmarie.co. They can find me there. And I do have an online community on Facebook, the Mental Edits VIP group. So I would love to have any aspiring women in there that just want to have that community connection to share tips and tricks, post any questions that you're struggling with. It's definitely a private group for a reason. So then we can feel confident to share and help each other out. So yeah, I would love to see anybody there. Awesome. Okay. So now the seed round, here we go. I haven't given Dawn these questions ahead of time. She doesn't know what I'm going to ask, but I mean, they're not that crazy, but okay. (laughs) Number one, what is your favorite snack? Ooh, favorite snack. Okay. Um, And that's, that's going to sound funny. Healthy wise, it's normally nuts. So I like um, one of those smokehouse almonds, just because, you know, like plain almonds can get boring. So that's what I would say. Um, Not healthy, but yeah, can be guilt-free or Snickers. That is my favorite. Oh, yum. All right. You've mentioned a lot that you are a podcast listener and you told us that you really like listening to Jenna Kutcher. Are there any other podcasts that you would recommend to others? Yes, I um, obviously yours is a good one. It keeps that like small community like connection. I love that part of it. Um, big fan of Amanda Edwards and Perfectly Ambitious, another kind of business oriented one. And um, then Scaling Up by Elizabeth Hartke is kind of my top rotation right now in my podcast library. I love it. Those are a couple I haven't heard of before. I'll have to check them out. Um, once we are past the pandemic, which fingers crossed will hopefully be soon, um, and you are looking to go somewhere, where's the first place if money wasn't like a thing and you could just like go anywhere you wanted to, where would you pick? Um, I would go back to Costa Rica. That's where my husband and I went on our honeymoon 11 years ago. And it was just absolutely gorgeous. So yes, we were supposed to go. My brother lives in Florida. So um, that part, we were supposed to go like two weeks after the pandemic hit Iowa and have not got to go in there. So that would be a close second just because it's a short plane ride and get to see family and can go on the boat whenever we want and see dolphins without paying for a private lesson type of thing. So. <laughs> Love I'm it. Always for the warm, <laughs> warm water beach stuff is my thing. Oh, yes. I love that. Um, can you give us a preview? What is part of your morning routine? How do you get going for the day? Yeah. Um, I have a cheat actually. I feel a morning routine starts at night. 
So I like to be prepared and set out my supplements and vitamins and my workout clothes. And I work out in my living room. So if I need to get my weights out the night before, and then it makes the morning so much smoother when I don't want to get up, then I don't really even have to think about it. I just do it. So my alarm goes off um, and I take some of my supplements and then I work out and then I journal. So that is, I like to start the day with a gratitude, which lately I've started to appreciate doing that at the end of the day. Cause then you kind of, if it ends on a bad note, you can, I like to at least write 10 things that I'm grateful for that happened in that day. And that'll totally boost my mood and makes me feel better about, okay, the day wasn't a waste. I didn't screw it all up. There are still great things that happened. So either in the morning or at night, you can't go wrong with some gratitude journaling. I love that. Um, okay. Just a couple left. What was the very first job that you had? Well, I grew up on a farm, so that would be probably picking up rocks, which I didn't get paid for. Um, (laughs) I had a lot of odd jobs in high school too. So I always like when you spot like this on uh, social media too. So, um, uh, the most odd job that people probably wouldn't think that I had, especially seeing my nice tall five, three, um, height that I have is I detasseled for two summers in high school too. So I would lifeguard pick up rocks. And then at the end of the summer, I would, um, detassel. So yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Just always probably, going after that money. <laughs> there's probably people listening. They're like picking up rocks as a job. Yes. It's, it's a job. You can't have yeah. them. In farm it's field. kind of funny when you have to explain that, like in posts, I'm like, Oh, I reach people that definitely don't understand that. And it's like, you, it's important, especially in our County. We have all sorts of rocks. So there's never, a uh, a deficit of those. But yeah, if you don't pick up those, then it makes it very tough in the fall and you break more equipment and then you have grumpier people. So yep. Picking mm-hmm. up rocks is definitely a job. And as farm wives, we, we know the importance of keeping the equipment going in the fall harvest season. <laughs> All yes. right. Last and I thought question. I graduated from that when I was in high school, I was like, Oh, I'll never have to pick up rocks again. And then I married a farmer and I'm like, well, so much for that one. <laughs> Uh, my husband likes to hold over my head. Like at one point I must've told him or said out loud that I would never marry a farmer. And he's like, he always smiles at me and he's like, how's that going for you, honey? I'm like, Here we are. <laughs> Happily ever after. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I wouldn't trade it. It's awesome. Okay. Last question. What is a goal that you have for yourself in 2021? Ooh, that is a good one. Um, I think just being more consistent on offering my online courses to people. That is a a big goal because this year was my first time offering a course. It was always kind of a dream of mine once I I say always, as in like in two years, it was once I got (laughs) exposed that online courses were even a thing. So um, that is definitely a goal for next year of just being able to offer more because in this situation that we're in, I can't teach live to people in communities all the time. So this is the best way to reach people and get benefit out there. So yes, that is number one goal. And just like kind of to bring this full circle about gratitudes and all of everything we've talked about, like what a gift that we are going through this social distancing and everything in a time where we can still come together for personal growth, education, and all of those things here online. I've thought so many times, like, thankfully we have zoom (laughs) and thankfully we have these ways that we can still see and chat with each other. You know, it's not ideal, but at least it's an option. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today, Don. 
one more time, let's give everybody where they can follow you and what you have coming up in the next couple of weeks for your business. Yes. Um, in the next few weeks, I will be, I'm opening up the cart to like kind of my waiting list right now. So if you go to my Instagram, I have the link in the bio, if you want to sign up as well as on my website. And again, that is at dawnmarie.co and that's for the body declutter. So it's a four week course. Um, I teach it live and then there's a members area where they will have lifetime use of any of the resources that I have in there in case they start to kind of fall off course or want a refresher. And anytime I add anything new, they get that as well. So as I offer it um, more times and I see like, oh, things need to be tweaked, they get lifetime access to those updates. Um, and then I also offer one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, that is mostly, we do six weeks there just because it feels like you need to have more than so many days in order to make it a habit. And I like mm -hmm. to teach people on how to make it a lifestyle, honestly. So healthy eating and decluttering, things like that. And then all with the mental perspective to wrap it all together makes sense for whatever your goals may be. So I've coached people that have specific business goals that they're reaching or trying to reach um, and have accomplished them, which has been fun to watch them grow as well as personal goals on what are they looking to get out of life, trying to find fulfillment. So it's not a one spectrum thing, but um, whatever your goal is. So it's not a cookie cutter one-on-one, -on -one, which makes it fun. I get to personalize it and it's special each time. So that is offered too, but the next body declutter will be available in January. So if you want to get in on that, make sure to sign up to get on that waiting list. So you're in on all the details when that goes live. Awesome. And we'll make sure that we have all these links laid out in the show notes. So if people are listening and they want to click right over, we'll have it one click away. So it'll be super simple. Thanks again for being Thank here today, so Don. I have so enjoyed our conversation and I can't wait to see what 2021 brings. This will be so exciting to keep following you. I appreciate it, Molly. Always a great time to catch up. Thanks. Thank you. Hey there, thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Small Minded Podcast, the place on the internet where we celebrate small towns, small businesses, and the people who love them. If you enjoyed this episode, we would be forever grateful to have a review of your experience over on iTunes, Spotify, our website, or wherever you tuned in today. And as always, we welcome you sharing this podcast with your friends and family on social. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Small Minded Podcast or at mollyknuthmedia.com slash podcast. Please go out, make today a good one. Take a small step towards a bigger impact. Here's to a life well-lived being small-minded. <laughs>